Chris. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. How was uh, uh, Orlando? I know you're fresh back from there. Yeah, I just got home like 10 minutes ago, and uh, up here in central Massachusetts, I lost 50 degrees on my flight between uh, – <laughs> You know, 65 degrees and 15, so uh, a little bit nicer weather there, but it was uh, a great week if you're a back-end reliever, and if you were a baseball fan looking for big moves, it wasn't your most exciting week of your life. It, it certainly wasn't, and if you're a Brewers fan, it was like the worst winter, winter meetings ever because nothing happened. The, on this, uh, I guess, Wednesday, David Stern said it felt like there was momentum for something to happen in the next 24 hours, and then nothing ended up happening. When you were out there, what were you hearing on who maybe the Brewers were in on? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously it's, it's, we're in the very early stages, you know, of, of the offseason still. I think there's a lot of, you know, urgency for a lot of teams. I'll, I'll throw out two other teams whose fan bases are getting really anxious. You know, my hometown one, Red Sox fans are expected Dombrowski to come home with, uh, J.D. Martinez and or Eric Hosmer in hand. That span thought you know, they were going to get a second baseman and, and, you know, five relievers and, and everything. And, and now, you know, Brewers fans, I'm sure, were looking for big things, too. I think a lot of people after that surprising year last year really thought the Brewers were going to be involved in some high-end pursuits. And at this point, you know, relievers are really it. So, uh, you know, I know losing a guy in Swarzak, who they had some interest in bringing back, kind of hurts. But there are a ton of guys still out there. Uh, you know, there's some... Uh, lesser relievers who could be had on minor league deals. I think, you know, when you're a team with not the highest payroll, and the Brewers obviously, you know, can't count themselves among the, the highest in the league, you kind of look at these deals some of these relievers are getting, and maybe you want to stay out of that market. Brian Shaw getting three years, $27 million, the same deal for Jake McGee. Guys like Luke Gregerson getting $11 million, and Brandon Morrow getting 21. There are some guys that are just getting, you know, paid in like eight or nine million to going rate per year. And I, I just don't think, you know, that's the best allocation of resources. But, you know, we're hearing them on Archer, you know, as as you've talked about. We we're hearing them on, you know, maybe Arietta, maybe Darvish, as those uh, markets develop. If they can add, you know, one of those veteran starters kind of in the mold of how they tried to do it with Garza a few years ago, I thought, think that would be good. And obviously some bullpen additions um, is always good for any team. So I think just patience is important because, you know, on the positional player side, the only guy to get a major league deal to this point for position players, non-catchers, is Leonis Martin, who a lot of people haven't even heard of going to the Tigers. You know, the starters, it's really guys who have Tommy John surgery and then Chatwood, uh, Doug Fister, Mike Miner, guys like that. That market hasn't developed at all. So if you want a reliever, it's time to get maybe a little bit concerned. I do see that. But the prices people are paying are crazy. So just I think Brewers fans should just sit tight. You know, moves are going to come eventually because they realize it's a big offseason where they should make a strike. Anthony Swarzak was really good for the Brewers this past year, and he was good for the White Sox before he got traded. But this was his breakout year, and his breakout year comes, you know, as he's somewhat of a veteran guy, and now the Mets give him two years, $14 million. Isn't there as much of a chance that he regresses to who he was prior to this past year as there is that he repeats what he did this past season? Absolutely. You know, there's all, you're always risking that. There's a guy who's, you know, 31, 32, I think, and has, has never been as good as he ha- was this past year. You're talking about a guy who, you know, has come in as, as like a non-roster invitee in the last few years. Well, I think Cleveland, the Yankees, teams like that, and obviously the White Sox last year. And the White Sox are able to kind of strike gold and sign a non-roster guy who ends up being, you know, one of the uh, preeminent relievers in baseball, ends up getting a two-year, $14 million deal. So uh, for me, that's really interesting that, um, you know, that was able to happen and, uh, there was always that case of regression, and I, I know I'll hear about it if, if from Mets fans on Twitter who are the loudest and the loudest group, if he does regress. But, you know, the, I think 
at this point, you just have to reward a guy for, for what they did last year. That is you know, the market we're in. Not necessarily a projection of future performance or paying for guys for what they did last year in a time where bullpen arms have never been valued higher. A guy like Anthony Swarzak, you know, good for him for cashing in on that and making $14 million. Seems like the offseason is almost shifting back where there's not as many moves at the beginning. The winter meetings, we didn't see as many moves. Guys are going to be getting signed into spring training. Everything's just being pushed back. Does that benefit teams or does that benefit players more? It definitely benefits the teams. You know, players are going to start getting to a panic mode where, you know, they're really going to be starting to be afraid of, am I even going to get signed at all? And obviously they are. These rosters need to be filled out. But the teams, you know, have kind of the leverage here where they don't need to, you know, make these signings that early and overpay. And we've seen some teams come out and be aggressive. Obviously, some the Rockies have been aggressive in the bullpen market. The Cubs were, you know, aggressive in getting Chatwood. The Yankees and the Cardinals both needed big bats. They got them. But other than that, now you have all these free agents. The teams are saying, "All right, if if none of if you're not going to get signed anyway, let's wait for that price to drop." I think a big you know piece of this is that teams expect to commit more money than we've ever seen in the free agent market in a year. These guys are not the flashiest names. Obviously, JD Martinez and Hosmer and Darvish and Arietta, they're good players and Stuckis, but they're not Harper, Machado, Donaldson, you know, and possibly Kershaw and guys like that. So you, know, you have a really good free agent class coming a year from now. Teams might be saving up for that a little bit. And if they can kind of you know drain this out, wait for these guys till January, and maybe they'll take a smaller deal, you know that that bodes well for next year and be able to save some money long term. SB Nation's Chris Cotillo is continuing to join us as we talk baseball winter meetings, wrapping up uh, the winter meetings. The Cubs have signed four pitchers, one of them in, uh, in Smiley probably won't pitch this year, but they've signed four pitchers. Uh, the Cardinals go out and get uh, Ozuna. It, it, should there be pressure on the Brewers to start making moves because their divisional rivals are making moves? Definitely. I think you know the Cubs and, and the, obviously the Cubs You know this year was not – an easy pathway to the playoffs, like I think a lot of people thought it would be. The Cardinals regressed a little bit, so they knew, knew that they needed to make a move, especially in adding a bat, really, to get back to where you know they, they thought they should be. Um, the Cubs, obviously, their biggest need was rotation arms. Arietta and Lackey both leaving, you know, probably both leaving is, is a big loss for them. Chatwood's a guy a lot of teams are interested in. They were able to get him for you know less than $13 million a year, which is not bad for a guy with a lot of potential outside of Coors Field. Their bullpen guys, obviously, uh, c and Morrow are good moves. The Cardinals were able to sign Gregerson and also get Azuna. And, and, you know, the Brewers, it's tough to go home empty-handed when your rivals are, are doing things. But like I said, you know, they're, what they're into, and I, I think they're probably going to be in that high-end pitching market, you know, it's a year where we're probably not going to see the Red Sox in there. We're not going to see the Yankees or the Dodgers uh, in that Darvish-Arietta market. It opens things up for teams we're not used to seeing play in that in that pool, I think the Twins are going to be really involved on those guys. I think the Brewers probably are too. You know, the Rangers, so you know, maybe even the Angels. So there's there's a lot of uh, moving parts to this. And that, like I said, it's very early. So you know, I, I respect sometimes. You know, uh, every GM has said this a billion times. Sometimes the best deal is the one you don't make. I think you know, in the Brewers' case, they obviously you know had a lot of discussions at the winter meetings, and I think they were really productive for every club. But just because stuff didn't get you know, past the finish line by the time we all left Orlando doesn't mean that stuff is coming down the line or that they've made progress. With all due respect to Jake Arietta and you, Darvish, I think the sexiest name from a starting pitching standpoint for the Brewers is Chris Archer. As you handicap it, what are the chances that Archer is wearing a Brewers uniform this year? That was one part of these winter meetings I think I was a little surprised about is that Tampa Bay was not more aggressive in trying to trade pieces. You know, I think you know, it kind of came down about a week ago. 
And once Stanton went to the Yankees, I think the the Red Sox obviously have to look at that and say, all right, we're in this, so we're going to go and see what we can do and get a big bat. It's an arms race. And when you're, you know, the other three teams in that division, they may have to sit back and say, all right, let's let these guys duke it out. We might need to reset here. The Blue Jays don't want to do that just because they're kind of a different dynamic up there. And Baltimore never wants to do it, but apparently is willing to entertain it with Machado now. And that's, you know, the biggest, the big move that's going to come next. I think Tampa Bay was really likely to do it just because, you know, when they're that small of a market, you have to reset things. So, you know, I think they're really looking to trade Colomay. They're looking to trade maybe Longoria, uh, Dickerson, and, and Oda Rizzi. But Archer is a guy that a lot of people have interest in for years. He's a guy that's been talked about in trade rumors for three or four years. The Braves have always really loved him. The Cubs obviously have familiarity there with Madden uh, and now Jim Hickey. The Dodgers do with Andrew Friedman. But, you know, the the Brewers have some front office overlap with, you know, the Rays in the past, and I think that could help them too. That's been brought up a lot. The Brewers obviously have the prospects of young players to get a deal done with Tampa Bay. So I think they are in the mix, but I think with Tampa Bay, you know, right now, just because we're just, I think the whole league's in bullpen mode, which is, Unfortunate because it's not the sexiest names at all, but Alex Colomay is probably the first deal they're going to work on. They've talked to the Cardinals at length about him. You know, just to mention another NL Central move, the Brewers probably aren't going to make to make things even worse. But uh, before they move on to Archer and Longoria and those guys, I think it'll be like Colomay that moves. And but I think Archer is a good fit. The guy's under control for a little bit, and you know would be there as the Brewers you know get to you know the pinnacle they expect to be at. So. Um, it's definitely in play, but they obviously value him very highly in Tampa Bay because they've had teams after him for three or four years and still haven't pulled the trigger on a move. Last thing for you, and this is kind of out of left field, but uh, we've seen some punishments coming down due to some international issues with obviously the Braves, also the Pirates. Uh, Tyler Chatwood's contract is being looked at because of language in there related to uh, Cy Young votes. Uh, the Major League Baseball is looking into uh, where teams are getting injury information on Otani why is Rob Manford in baseball so in on really trying to all of a sudden make sure everybody is doing things ex- exactly the way you're supposed to do things? Yeah, I think they're kind of all all separate cases in my mind. The Chatwood thing is really interesting. It's obviously you know a conflict of interest with the Baseball Writers Association. If he gets one Cy Young vote, he gets like a four million dollar bonus. So you know he goes up to a writer in the clubhouse. Not that I would ever. You know, accept a million dollars to write his name on a piece of paper. Come on, Chris. Yeah, of course I would. I'm kidding. Um, I think uh, that's that's the problem. Is someone probably would, and that's obviously you know a huge a huge uh, conflict of interest. I think with the Otani stuff, that process is just so unique that it's been monitored closely, and obviously the report about his UCL. There, that's an investigation now. I think with the Braves and the Pirates, I think the international thing in general is just so incredibly messed up that. Um, you know, teams are going to have to fall on the sword um, when, um, you know, guys, when, when things go wrong. We saw the Red Sox get punished a few years ago. The Braves, obviously, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the international market, losing top prospects, having your GM banned for life, losing draft picks. That's a very severe punishment, obviously. And then the Pirates is an ongoing investigation. I think, you know, people that talk about the international market, I'm, no, I'm by no means am I an expert in this, say it's just a really messed up system in general, these package deals and cutting deals and, you know, there's a lot of backroom stuff and stuff that extends beyond the baseball field. You know, some illegal activity and, you know, really shady characters trying to make a profit in, in those kind of Latin American countries. And, you know, I think, you know, you have to try to clean it up. Um, you have to really, you know, show make an example out of those clubs. The Braves are a big one. The Pirates might be and the Red Sox were. So 
that's just you know an area that that needs needs reform and I think they're trying to do that that way but I think those things are kind of you know not necessarily related but I respect that he's willing to crack down on all those things and be you know not necessarily a stickler but someone who does not let things slide he is Chris Cotillo. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Cotillo. Cotillo spelled C-O-T-I-L-L-O. If you follow me or follow WTMJ on Twitter, we just retweeted him a little bit ago, so you can find him there. He is an MLB reporter and insider at SB Nation and MLB Daily Dish. Chris, always appreciate the time. You land and you talk to us. It's great that you would do that, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you. It's time to sleep now, so I appreciate it.